0: You are listening to the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast, part of Rooted's mission to equip and empower churches and parents to faithfully disciple students toward lifelong faith in Jesus Christ. Through these conversations with expert practitioners, it is our hope that more students will come to experience grace-filled, gospel-centered, and Bible-saturated discipleship in the church and the home. Without further ado, here's the host of the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast, Davis Lacey.
1: Welcome to the Rooted Podcast. The Rooted Podcast is part of Rooted's mission to equip and empower families and churches to faithfully disciple students towards lifelong faith in Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Davis Lacey. We are at the 2019 Rooted Conference here in Chicago, and I'm joined by one of the morning plenary speeches from this day two, Pastor Watson Jones. How are you doing, brother?
2: I'm doing really well. I'm excited to be here. I've heard some great things and uh, excited to be able to minister to the people ministering to our young people.
1: Yeah. Great time. Well, man, you did a great job on your opening talk this Thank morning. You. Lord showed up in that and we're grateful for you being able to come and make this investment. Thank I know you man. made a really long, long trip to get here to the conference this morning as well. Very right? long. Probably a 10, 15 minute drive. Is that what it was? <laughs> it was 30 <laughs> minutes, 30 minute drive, 40 minutes in traffic. But I yes, t- no, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Um, y'all, if you're not familiar with uh, with Watson Jones, Pastor Watson Jones III was born and raised on the south side of Chicago. That's right. I love that that's your opening line of your bio. Yeah, that's what uh, I'm that's, Chicagoan through. That's and through. awesome. Uh, Watson, you earned a Bachelor of Arts in Business Marketing at Trinity International University, mm-hmm. and then you continued to earn a Master's of Divinity from Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. Correct. Uh, when you completed seminary, you joined the ministerial staff at your home church, Salem Baptist Church of Chicago. Yes. And there you served as the children's pastor pastor, eventually the youth pastor all while leading a group of a 1000 members in various church-wide activities. Yep. And in 2018, you became the senior pastor of Compassion Baptist Church. And in addition to your pastoral duties, you are a student in the inaugural cohort for the first ever Ph.D. program in African-American preaching and sacred rhetoric at Christian Theological Seminary in Indianapolis. That's right. We're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. Okay. Um, But even more importantly than that, you are married to your wife, Kelly, and you're the proud father of... Three kids. Three kids. I'm trying to think. Shia. Uh, Watson, four and Ellison. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Got yeah. through that. Got through Any, anything that we got on this bio. That's not right. You, get, you got, got it. Got it right. All right, man. Well, yeah. perfect. Thanks Thanks once again for being with us here on the podcast Absolutely. Uh, this morning. Uh, you know, We're talking a little bit today about church planting, and, and we'll get into some of the church planting work that you have done and how students are a part of that work. But I, I just want to hear a little bit more about your Ph.D. program in African-American preaching and sacred rhetoric. Tell us a little bit more about what that looks like. What are some of the things you're learning? And yeah, um, yeah just share a little bit more about that. So uh, it's the first PhD of its
2: kind. It's focusing on the field of homiletics in general, with African American preaching kind of to the forefront, as well as uh, kind of uh, rhetoric studies as well. So it's almost two fields. It ain't almost. It's two fields <laughs> that are sort of merging together. And so what we we've looked at history of African American preaching to try to understand how and what. Was it about black preaching that sustained black people in America since since 1619? Okay, and uh, and so my 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 interest of study is uh, I'm going to be studying the uh, the works of Otis Moss Jr., uh, the civil rights leader, the activist, the pastor, the prophet, and uh, and so I'm really excited. Really excited about that. Yeah.
1: That's amazing. I, um, I'm sure you'll do a dissertation with that. Hopefully, yes. that'll get published. Maybe at some point, you'll be able to share Lord your work willing. with. That's willing. Oh, I look forward to. I look forward to reading that. Yeah. Um, thanks for what you're doing there. Thanks for your faithfulness. Thank you in that course of study. Thank you. Um, and, and moving right along, just talking through you. We, we've talked through your experience in youth ministry as a children's pastor and a, mm-hmm. and a youth pastor, and then. Talk through the work that you're doing now with Compassion Baptist here in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in between that time, you did a lot of church planting. In 2012, you entered into a a pastoral leadership and church planting residency with Fellowship Bible Church. I did. In in Little Rock, Arkansas. And you did some work with Epiphany Fellowship Church in Philadelphia. Correct. And in 2015, you started Restoration Church. Yes. Um, So our church is a candidate uh, with the Acts 29 Church planting Network right now, and, and you were partnered up with Acts 29 for that mm-hmm. work. Is that correct? Yes. Um, yes. And I would love for you, just, just as, we, as we experience this, one of the things that I'm, I don't know, asking the question about as a church planter and as someone like you who has a background in doing youth ministry, mm-hmm. um, we've got three or four teenagers mm-hmm. in, in, our, in our budding church plan. It's not many, right? but I want to be intentional about ministering to them. I don't think that having your typical youth group that we're familiar with might be the best strategy, but I do want to have a ministry to our students, even if we don't have a student ministry. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'd love for you to talk through maybe some of the ideas you had, what you did in ministering to the teenagers in your church plant. Like, What did that look like when you first started, and, yeah. and how did that progress as your church grew? So I'll speak to that on a
2: few points. We At, 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 at Restoration, because most of the members of restoration were like my age. And so most of our, if our people had kids, they were like three and four and five. We had a squad of three, four, five-year-olds. And we were very intentional with that ministry through different curriculums. And and we wanted to make it a place of fun. Uh, But when I look back at Church plant youth ministries um, in church plants. Really, what I saw was some of the things I saw at Epiphany. Actually, with under the leadership of uh, of uh, Curtis Dunlap, uh, Pastor Curtis Dunlap, and he had done some phenomenal work. Um, his his youth ministry was nothing like uh, it was nothing like the kind I grew up in. Which I talked about that in my session. It was nothing like the kind I grew up in. It was nothing like most churches where most churches are dealing with youth that are. Um, sort of, that are basically the children of their members, but his youth were people really made up of community kids, some of whom weren't even Christians, were Muslims, Uh, but he did things to sort of attract them and sort of, uh, over time, pulled them into Bible studies. And so one of the things that I said in my... Um, session was the importance of, of having ministry that speaks to people, specifically youth, and using things that are cultural language markers for young people. And in our case, it was Young Urban. And so, basketball, well, that's that's not just an urban language, every, a lot of people language, but specifically in urban settings, it is, an, it is an urban language. People speak the language of basketball. And one of the things I saw him do, which, which my youth ministry in Chicago did this a little bit as well, uh, not under my leadership yet, but it happened before me, where they Created a basketball league specifically to engage the community. And of course, there were some from the church who played in it, but it engaged the community and uh, schools in Philadelphia that didn't have gym programs were sending them to Epiphany. Uh, and, um, and, and and Pastor Dunlap, Pastor Kurt, was using that time and that space to be able to build relationships, to share the gospel, to kind of sort of disciple before believing. Um, and, and that's something Doug Logan would say, disciple before believing. And he would disciple them before believing. And, and that, to me, was something I saw as a way to minister or to create a youth ministry out of, really, ex nihilo, from nothing. Yeah. But but also I think in the case of youth ministry if you're in a church plant that has a few youth, I mean, you've gotta find ways to engage them at their level and so and sometimes it's difficult to find a person in your church to do that. And so it might be something you have to do where you try to find ways to uh, come follow me method is what I talked about in my class, where they watch you do ministry. They watch you uh, as a pastor or if you're a leader, but I'll do pastor and leader. They watch you plan ministry. They give feedback into the planning of ministry. They watch you as you do evangelism. They go with you in your community as you do, as you, as you do those things. And then you're pouring into them, sort of the same way Jesus did, where Jesus taught them how to pray. You teach them how mm-hmm. to pray. Jesus interpreted scripture often; that you interpret scripture. You teach them um, how to follow the Lord and teach them who Jesus is. And uh, but then one of the things I mentioned in my class is is to is to, you know, we oftentimes believe that youth should just sit sit and soak and never serve. So we just pour into them, and all we do is That's end good. up reinforcing a Consumer-like mentality, but you know, the moment they at least have a, an elementary understanding of Jesus, they have the ability to be witnesses. Mm. And and so I think, I think teaching them what the gospel is and making sure they understand it, but but helping them with the tools to be able to share the gospel at the very least, to find and create ways to to get them to be missional as a group. You know, what can we do that's to serve our community, to be able to build relationships with as youth, to be able to share Jesus, as the church is also doing that as well. So they're playing a part and not just being the consumers, but they also are being uh, missionaries, so to speak.
1: Yeah, that's, that's so helpful, and, and I appreciate that. Um, I, I think this third question comes along from, you know, you've done... Uh, ministry on several different levels. You've been a youth pastor. Yeah. You are a, a pastor of an established church, and you've done church planting, of, of yes. launching a new church. When you think about specifically in the church planting piece, what are some of the things that you wish you would have done to minister to your younger children or your teenagers? Yeah. What are some of the things that you wish you would do? And, and use that sort of as a way of, of for folks like me, right, yeah. that, that, are, that are starting the work of church planting. How would you say, man— Here's, here's one thing, two things, three things to keep in mind as you go about trying to seek ways to minister to, to the young people in your church.
2: This is going to sound weird, you know, because even when you asked me the first question, I immediately defaulted to speak about Pastor Kurt and what he did, which I think speaks to a regret I have mm. as, as, a, as early on. And it, it's, it, it's something that I would have at least given thought to. I wish I had spoken the urban language of sports. Meaning to—because to, to, that is oftentimes a real—especially for young men. I'm be honest, I don't know how to reach young women. But young, young boys. I wish I was an athlete. Uh, so that when I say I don't speak the language, I don't even know how to play sports. <laughs> so I wish I was an athlete and could have thought through an idea of creating some sort of a, a community basketball something through our church plan, specifically to be able to reach uh, teenagers. To, to But, you know, in, in all fairness, I was trying to plant a church and trying to get people in yep. general. But I wish I had thought through that, to have a much more comprehensive plan on reaching and engaging young people, but then also finding ways to provide necessary helps and services that exist, uh, tutoring, tutoring, um, things like that. I, I wish I kind of thought through that. Like I had these ideas, and they were sort of like, okay, when we are established and we have the space, or when the budget is big enough, then we do. I, I wish I had thought through a way uh, really to do that, because um, I was really encouraged. I mean, much of my youth experience, you know, th- there were a lot of people who were brought into it from outside of the church um, through evangelism, through youth, bringing more youth, through connecting all that kind of stuff um and they were and and a lot of them were still used for mission stuff mission not missionary work but like for, for engaging the community and things like that but pastor kurt was the first time i'd ever really seen like someone target like from nothing yeah like harvey carey invented the youth ministry from nothing but i mean kurt like built that and then like you know basket it it started with something that wasn't bible study it started with basketball and then it became bible study and still had basketball and then it went from bible study to when you didn't do basketball you played games hmm. you know you brought game systems and you still had bible study hmm. and some young boy, some young kids got saved
1: yeah i think and and what you know what i hear you say in there is um, as a church planter, and, and this is what I think you were saying, man, there's, there's a lot to do. Like, mm-hmm. you're, you're just trying to get anybody. Yes. You're trying to get anybody. Yes. And, and I think what I took from that, and, and I think what I'm hoping that maybe our listeners will take from this, and correct me if you don't think this is appropriate or a good summary of what you said, but, hey, as you're thinking through community outreach, just keep teenagers in mind. Yeah, As you're absolutely. thinking through discipling new believers, just remember that some of them might be in their teenage years. Absolutely. Like just, just do what you would normally do as a church planter, but just have in mind that you might have, even if it's a handful, you're going to have teenagers. Yeah, you know, you you, you kind
2: of think through kids stuff. And I don't know what we think through kids. We don't think through teenagers. We think through kids. And so, like, you know, no one plants a church and doesn't think through what's the kid ministry going to be. That's look right. Like. And kid, I mean, like, grade school. And, you know, you spend a lot of money to make sure that looks playful and all of that. And there's some a group of people or a person who can teach it. Uh, but we don't always think teen. And in urban areas, you know, especially in urban areas where I'm from, teens are the ones that are in danger. Kids are, too. But teens are like the ones that are really sort of hanging in the balance. Hmm. And um, and so I wish that I had
1: just thought about something like that. That's good. Yeah. Um, and, and I think really a good encouragement for sure. So, Watson, when it comes to ministering to teenagers and their families, are there any advantages you feel like that church plants or even smaller churches have over the the youth groups of larger established churches? And then the flip side of that question is, what are the challenges that put church plants and smaller churches at a little bit of a disadvantage to maybe a larger church that's able to have a specialized youth ministry? Yeah, let me start with the disadvantage first. Okay. Because the
2: the biggest disadvantage is money. Money and, uh... Because when you're dealing with, you know, kids... Kids will enjoy anything, you know. You put them in a room similar to this, and they'll find ways to enjoy this. (laughs) Um, You know, you put... And and not saying it's all about enjoyment. and, And, you know, you can teach them and things like that. But youth, I mean, you really gotta... Like, stuff can't be cheesy, you know, because they're at that age where if it's cheesy, I'm checking out. Um... it it takes money to do that and and then to get someone with the kind of passion and know-how I mean people go to school for that and it just takes sometimes it just takes money finding that and so I think the disadvantage is you, you don't have the money to buy the game consoles and TVs that it may take on the attractional side of things yeah um and you may not even have the the number of adults that can give time to that. Because a lot of people, if they think about who they'd rather volunteer volunteer with, many of them would rather volunteer with kids sure. because kids are a lot more manageable, less disrespectful, a lot less volatile in some people's minds. Where it really takes a certain person and a certain... Um, it takes a certain person, it takes a certain... Uh, 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 temperament to deal with youth and um, and so you, it's difficult to find that. I mean, I, I know even in churches as, as uh, people in established churches, I know even in the city, who are looking for youth pastors it's just difficult to find them. Hmm. They can find people to volunteer with the kids but it's difficult to find a youth pastor uh, because it, it just takes a certain person. And even if your temperament is good, you still may not be the person because sure. you got to have the energy to do it. So um, so I think I think the church plant the advantage the church plant has is you probably have the ability to be a little more creative in terms of creating something, but I almost feel like it's more of an advantage for a an established church that may have the money, but that don't always add it, meaning because I mean you know, but yeah, that, that's kind of how I see it.
1: Yeah, I, and I think that's helpful. And man, what a great way for for maybe folks who are in church planting or folks that are loving church plants or part of a new church plant, man. Great prayer request. Yeah. Great thing to be praying for, for smaller churches and for, um, for new churches that are, Absolutely. That are being established. Absolutely. That's great. Uh, Watson, I want to ask you just a few lightning round questions. Mm-hmm. These are going to come fast. You ready? Yes. All right. Um, you are proudly native of the South side of Chicago. Proudly. Um, I'm going to dinner tonight and I want to know your favorite place for Chicago deep dish pizza. You know that's an interesting debate in me and my wife's house. I like okay. I like Giordano's.
2: She likes uh, some other place up here on the north side, um, but I, I I prefer Giordano's. It's, that's that's the Flagstaff spot. But then there are other pizza joints that are, that are specific to south side neighborhoods. Okay, um, which I recommend Italian Fiesta. It's not deep dish, but it's it's the. God is with it. We cut our we cut our <laughs> we cut our slices different here. Like everybody else has those triangles. We cut
1: squares. Okay. Italian Fiesta, whoo. God is with it. God is with it. Alright, man. That sounds good. So Giordano's for the deep dish, but mm-hmm. but Italian Fiesta overall. Italian go Fiesta go there. Yes. Alright, sounds good. What is your favorite Chicago area team to cheer for? I'm a Chicago guy, I cheer for everybody.
2: But um Depends on the, the years When I was a child The Bulls uh-huh. You know The Bulls were the Greatest thing to cheer for When it comes to Baseball Absolutely The Sox However If the Sox And the Cubs Aren't playing I will cheer for the Cubs because okay. another team Yeah yeah Um you know, I'm not a hockey person, but I did talk crap to my Bruins fans <laughs> when they were playing the Stanley Cup against the Bruins fans. The Bears, oh, I, 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 I love the Bears, you know, yeah. Okay. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an equal opportunity sports team unless, you know, again, the caveat is with the Cubs and the Sox. That makes sense. If they're playing each other, the Sox better smash those Cubs. That makes sense. But, you know, if they're dealing in their own worlds – I roll for the Cubs I roll for the Sox
1: That makes sense uh, And so you've lived in Arkansas You've lived in Philly Any non-Chicago teams That you like cheering for or is it All-Chicago? All-Chicago All-Chicago Easy My now. sons are Philadelphians
2: So they I, they kind of say they Sometimes my oldest son Does mention the Eagles
1: Surprisingly He still mentions the Eagles Okay Nah I don't care for anybody else's teams I like it um, Speaking of places you've been Speaking of places that you've lived Where is your favorite spot To go on vacation? Mackinac Island, Michigan. Yes. Yeah. I've never been, but I've heard oh amazing my gosh. things.
2: Mackinac Island, Michigan. Oh man. We went oh gosh, we went there this summer. It just i was almost puts me back there. It's getting cold outside. <laughs> Mackinac Island, Michigan. Oh man,
1: I love Mackinac Island. That's awesome. I, did, I, I, I could tell we were at a moment right there, man. I didn't want to interrupt that. Oh man, that's, it that's touched good. me. I'm like I was like, Lord, we gotta do it again next <laughs> year. Um all right, so you've got you got three kids. You've got to know some good dad jokes. <laughs> I, I, want, I want you, Watson Jones a third to give me your best dad joke. <laughs> like, the silly things I've done? Or- I, mean, I mean, silly things you've done, I was thinking just like cheesy jokes that make your kids roll their eyes. <laughs> or makes Kelly roll her eyes, makes your wife... Oh, yes.
2: Oh, this is one. This is strictly personality. Some of your viewers are going to think this is weird, but I think it's hilarious because I love (laughs) pranks. Uh, And so every, you know, my wife was teaching summer school this past summer. Or if my wife is somewhere, or she's gone, and my kids are at home with me, maybe my youngest son will walk in. And I love doing this. I mean, it's you know, I'll explain it. When they walk in and say, where's mommy? I always say, she ran away. And the first 10 times I did it, <laughs> this is why I liked it, they would break out in tears. And it would be hilarious to me, like, you really think your mother ran away? But it's funny that you believe it. I'm going to wear this one out at least for another 30 seconds. Um, and, and I know that sounds bad, that I like you know enjoy the laugh at my children's expense, but... But they but now to the now to the point, though, when they, they'll they ask me things like that and I'll say the most outlandish things like, yeah, mommy ran away or Watson or, D-den, or, D-den, said, daddy, where are you going? Uh, I'm flying to the moon. Like they don't even pay me any attention now. Now they're like, oh, daddy's being silly. So none of my jokes work with them anymore. Uh,
1: I love it. That's terrible. I love it. Nope. Hey, transparency, authenticity man. is <laughs> how we do it. Um, last last like round of question I'll give you. You served as a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. Do you have any epic youth pastor fails? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I think anybody that's done youth ministry for more than like ninety days oh, probably man.
2: has a. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I think one of them. One of them might have been. Mm-hmm. It was actually during my children's pastor year, okay. which which you know ran next to each other. Um. Th- you know there are times that. You try to be cool and all that stuff and, and one day I was walking and and um, talking, I don't know what happened, and I tripped in front of everybody and, you know kids don't live that stuff down they just really take you to task on that, so yes. I, I tripped nasty, man, and they, it, it just the room erupted and it, I don't think I even ever got them back and I wanted to run away, you know, God. But God gave me the ability to stick to it. But I wanted to, like, leave the room. It was so embarrassing. Oh, I feel like even some of the, like, the teachers were laughing as well. Like, some of the helpers, uh-huh. I think they laughed, too. But the kids, and it was a lot of kids. They just, they, I mean, there's some who still remember that. And they bring it up to me. And, and I, I'd say that was a massive, that was a massive fail. I mean, I know there, there are probably other ones if I thought deeper, like, you know. Mistakes. But that was the one probably
1: that personally embarrassed you. Oh, God, much. it was personally embarrassing. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, man. Absolutely. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Watson, thanks so much for taking some time and, and talking through with us. Um, just your experience as a youth pastor, even talking through stuff like, man, I tripped in front of a room full of kids and mm-hmm. it was embarrassing. Like, there are people listening to this podcast that have been there that, in some <laughs> sick way, just kind of like you laugh at your kids when they're like crying about your mom or, yeah, their mom being gone. Like, they're they're thinking the same thing. Well, at least there's at least there's somebody else. So I, right. I get that. Um, I, I want to close up with this, and and yeah, I'll just close with this one last question. At Rooted, you know, one of the foundations of our philosophy of ministry is intergenerational integration, and by that I mean not siloing yeah. our, our younger believers off into a corner by themselves, but really getting students, teenagers. Uh, integrated into the life of the body of Christ. What advice would you give to the new church planter, to the pastor in general, but especially to the new church planter who is thinking through how to do intergenerational integration? Yeah, so church plants as
2: I've seen them, um, this may step a little bit past kids a little bit, but it will include kids and youth. Church plants as I've seen them, they tend to have people that are around their age groups, so you know, I, I was, I think I was like 30 in my, th- I am, I was clearly in my early 30s when I started my church and so most of the people who were there were either in very late 20s or early to mid 30s, there were a few 40s and I found myself begging older people to stay, that who, those who would come visit to stay Um because I felt that there was something lost in old, older, seasoned saints not being able to pour into younger saints. But I say this on the flip side, and I think this is where youth and children come in. I think the Holy Spirit is an equal opportunity, God. Mm-hmm. Um, the Holy Spirit does not fall on a person in portions, but the moment someone believes... You know, Ephesians tells us we were sealed upon belief. The moment someone believes in Jesus, the Holy Spirit enters their lives, their life, and takes over, or and begins to do the work in their lives. So, if that is true, then then I have to believe that the same Holy Spirit that equips the pastor to preach, the same Holy Spirit that helps the the small group leader leads. It's the same Holy Spirit that can use children. And youth and young adults, for that matter, to minister to the body as well. And so that's a word for our older Christians, and and I don't mean like senior citizens. I mean even middle ages as well, to not be so quick to just say that the younger people just need us to pour into them. And there is truth to that; they do. Uh, that you know, Titus tells us. You know, there's a sense where you do have to teach younger people some life things mm-hmm. um, and to disciple them as well. But you know. The scripture says that young men, your sons and daughters, will prophesy, and they will dream dreams, and the old ones will have visions, etc. So, so I think there's a sense where when when you have this sort of intergenerational dialogue, you know the body wins. Mm. Jay Z said it best. He says, "No one wins when the family feuds," and so I think if you if you just have a certain group of people who just completely disregard a whole nother demographic that may be in their church and this happens with the kids Oh, the kids are off in the corner somewhere the youth oh they're over there somewhere uh the young adults they don't give as much as us older people um or the or the younger people saying you know the older people they, they just want to they don't ever want to you know whenever you don't have this intergenerational dialogue it does not help the church
1: so good so good um Brother, I'm grateful for the way that we've gotten to sit down and have this conversation. I know that you've got a lot going on today and a lot going on at this conference. Thank you for taking a couple moments and, and spending some time with us. No problem. If folks want to learn more about you and your ministry, um, how can they look you up?
2: You can go to my website at CompassionBaptist.org. That's CompassionBaptist.org. You can follow me on Instagram at WatsonJones3, same name for Twitter, and Facebook, WatsonJones3. third.
1: right. So we commend the ministry of our friend, new friend of Rooted, Pastor Watson Jones III. And if you'd like more resources on how to disciple students towards lifelong faith in Jesus Christ, resources which are grace-filled, gospel-centered, and Bible-saturated, please visit us on the web at www.rootedministry.com. This has been the Rooted Podcast. And we'll see you soon.
0: Thanks for listening to The Rooted Podcast, where we hope to communicate the truths of the gospel and apply those truths to youth ministry. We would love for you to check out our website, where we publish articles daily geared towards both youth ministers and parents. You will also find resources and more information about our conferences, regional events, and more at www.rootedministry.com.